This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The game is over, so it's time for Overtime. Sound from the locker room and reaction from you. It's Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Grandy coming at you right now. Wow. Wow, week six, not friendly to the San Francisco 49ers. Just moments ago, rookie kicker Jake Moody misses the potential game-winning field goal with the Niners down 19-17 to against the Cleveland Browns. On the road in Cleveland, the kick misses just wide to the right. The Browns will get the ball right back. All they'll have to do is take a knee, and this game is over. 19-17, to the Cleveland Browns upset the San Francisco 49ers, and they hand the 49ers their first loss of the season. Welcome into overtime here on 95.7 The Game. My name is Mark Randy, joined today by Evan Gidding. So, Grandy and Evan with you. Again, the final score, 19-7. to Cleveland will come out on top. It came down to a field goal in the final second, and the Rookie Jake Moody misses it. Evan, it was ugly all game long. The Niners got out to a 10-0 lead. Cleveland really dominated the middle stages of this game and much of the second half. Niners got into a little bit of rhythm offensively on their final drive, but they could not get it done. A missed field goal seals it. The Niners now 5-1. and one. Uh, But Evan, just an ugly, ugly, ugly game, really on both sides in Cleveland today. Yeah, we found out the 49ers are mortal. We found out that they are a mortal football team, and not just because of the loss, but I'm sure we'll break it down 16 different ways. The injuries impacting this football game with guys going down left and right, the referees impacting this game with some inconsistent calls throughout the entire game that amounted to what felt like five football yards, five football fields of yardage and penalties between both teams. This was a game that the Cleveland Browns, to me, Mark, dragged the 49ers into the mud. I mean, quite literally, with the amount of rain that was also impacting the field conditions. So we found out that the 49ers are a team that, that can be beat on any given Sunday, and it felt like there was a lot that deterred them from picking up not a much-needed victory, but one that I'm sure that everyone expected them to grab against a team playing its third-string quarterback. Really, really, really ugly. Yeah, I mean, you you talk about the Niners coming into this game, nine-and-a-half-point favorites going up against 
Third-string quarterback, Deshaun Watson not playing. The rookie who they drafted out of UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, got us hurt a couple of weeks ago before the bye. He did not play as well. Not an injury for DTR, but it seemed like the Browns preferred to go with P.J. Walker, who we've seen in, in brief stints in the NFL, uh, most notably with the Carolina Panthers a couple of years ago. He was certainly not good by any stretch of the imagination. 18 for 34, 192 yards, did not throw for a touchdown, and threw two interceptions and nearly through a third that would have cost Cleveland the win before their go-ahead field goal late in this one. Uh, But Brock Purdy, an equally difficult game for him when you look at the quarterbacking side of things. Evan, 12 for 27, 125 yards, one touchdown. The only touchdown was kind of a a shovel pass to Christian McCaffrey, not your normal run-of-the-mill passing touchdown. He also threw an interception, his first of the season and his first since the penultimate game of the regular season last year, a quarterback rating of just a tick over 55. So by far his worst game this season. But all credit has to go to the Cleveland defense. They were incredible. They dominated the 49ers offensive line. A lot of Purdy's, um, I don't know, ugly numbers. Certainly you could chalk it up as a bad game for Purdy, but also you got to credit the offense or the defensive line of Cleveland. They were incredible. They made Purdy so uncomfortable this entire game. Um, and the Niners just couldn't get a footing on the offensive side. After that first drive, really nothing worked, both through the air and on the ground. We can talk a lot about what went wrong for the Niners, but I think, first of all, you just got to give credit to Cleveland. Defensively, they played a nearly perfect game against what was, up to this point, one of the best offenses in the league. The Cleveland defense, I think, is what people thought that we were going to get from the Dallas defense last week. Yeah. Dallas is nowhere in the same league as this Cleveland defense, who by virtually every metric was the number one defense coming in, as far as yards allowed, first downs, red zone trips, yards per play, all of it. And not just their defensive line. you got to give credit to their secondary, their linebackers. That It requires a full 11-man effort to do what they did to the San Francisco 49ers today, along with some timely calls, along with, of course, the conditions that allowed them to play their way. But there's a reason why Jim Schwartz is now 9-1 and as a coordinator against Kyle Shanahan. He dominated him. He, he has not number. yet allowed... I think only in one of those games he's allowed more than 20 points, of course, because of the, the missed final kick. And while we both believe that the 49ers were in a position to win that football game despite playing certainly not their best game, they were in that position because, and he hasn't had many, if any, of them. Mark, this was Brock Purdy's worst game as a professional. Yeah. He, mean, was, he was not good today until that final drive. And I do want to give him credit because on the final drive when his team needed him to go virtually the length of the field to get a field goal, he was 4 for 6, 42 yards, found Ayuk. Yes, he had some help on a third down holding call, which was a fair and accurate call on Jawan Jennings. But until that last drive and the majority of the second half, Brock Purdy was not good under center today. And that's the first time that we have seen any sort of mortality from this guy in what is going to be his first loss in the regular season in his NFL career. And I think you're right. You do have to give credit to the Cleveland defense for putting him in that position because it's something that we have not until this point seen from number 13. Yeah, I'm going to give you some of the numbers offensively in the second half for the Niners here in just a moment. I did, though, want to let you know we kind of got a unique show here today. As most of you know, a lot of you know, the tune into 95.7 The Game regularly. We are in the middle of a move to a new building. So we got a different phone number to 
to call in for you today. It's not the normal call-in number. If you want to get in, and we want to hear from you all show long here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game, if you want to get in, dial 415-986-4186. Again, that's 415-986-4186. Get that number written down. Save it into your phone. Again, 415-986-4186. Um, we had a lot to get to, but just look at the, the drive chart for the 49ers in the second half, and this goes into exactly what you're talking about. No rhythm offensively, and credit to Cleveland. For the 49ers, out of the half, three and out. It ends on an interception on a third down play by Brock Purdy. Next play, three and out. Not only do you not get a first down, but you lose 12 yards. Next play, three and out. You gain 15 yards offensively, but guess what? You also cost yourself 15 yards via penalties. So net yards, zero in that game. You punt. Three and out, no yards, a punt. The one scoring drive in the second half was a one-play, eight-yard drive after the interception by Giamador Lenore. He returned it all the way to the eight-yard line, and the Niners ran it in with J.P. Mason, notably because Christian McCaffrey banged up and did not return to the second half in this ballgame for the 49ers. Then after that, three and out. Negative one total yards in that game, you punt. And then the last drive of the second half was the nine-play drive that ended with the missed field goal off the right foot of rookie kicker Jake Moody, who missed two field goals in this game, his first two misses as a professional. So for the 49ers, in the second half, one interception, punt, 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 one-play touchdown, punt, and missed field goal. And this is an offense who's been putting up 30-plus points every single game against... Certainly not defenses on the level of Cleveland as we know now, but not poor defenses by any stretch of the imagination. You factor in it's a road game on the East Coast beginning at 10 o'clock out here Pacific time. It was wet specifically in the first half. You can understand why things weren't clicking as well as they had been in the past, Evan, but that offensive performance in the second half, there's no other way to put it besides disgusting it was really difficult to watch it was bad I think Kyle Shanahan deserves a little bit of the blame for some of the play calling it was awkward it wasn't smooth it felt like he wasn't calling plays that were allowing Brock Purdy to get balls out quickly when the defensive line of the Browns were all over him the entire second half I think there's plenty of blame to go around for this entire offensive unit even after you give the Browns their due they deserve a lot of it but a lot of blame for the 49ers on offense. There was no rhythm. There was no rhythm today offensively outside of the first drive, which looked methodical, mechanical. It looked exactly like the 49ers have looked their first six opening drives of the season, which has been five scores and one field goal. The last drive, they looked like they got back to playing 49ers football offensively. In between there, and look, I think the loss of Debo Samuel had a lot to do with it. I think the loss of Christian McCaffrey had a lot to do with it. I think Trent Williams going out and then coming back in had a lot to do with it. But that's no excuse. Cleveland had losses, too. Cleveland was playing with its third-string quarterback today who gave you, gifted you, two interceptions and probably should have thrown one on that last drive they kicked the field goal on. So there were opportunities for San Francisco to go out and win this football game. But if I told you that going into this game, The Niners are going to win the turnover battle. Through the first half, they're going to win the possession battle. And P.J. Walker is going to complete just about 50% of his passes for under 200 yards, and no running back on the opposing side is going to have a big game. 
you'd tell me the Fort Nas would would kick their ass, that they'd roll over. Probably, yeah. They'd steamroll the Cleveland Browns, and they did not today because of a myriad of factors. It felt a lot, honestly, like week one of last year in Chicago Mm. where where the rain, where the weather, where the referees impacted this football game to the point where it felt like the 49ers let all of those external factors dictate how they play football. And I think Kyle Shanahan is at the front for me because although I don't believe Brock Purdy played a great football game today... He's also a first-year starter. This is what first-year starters generally are supposed to look like in these kind of conditions when you face this sort of adversity. Today, he did. But Kyle Shanahan could have done a better job of making it easier on Brock Purdy, and he didn't. And I think that's a big reason why they lost this football game. Yeah, again, the final score, 19-17. to Cleveland comes out on top. You're listening to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. We want to hear from you. Again, a little bit of a... Awkward setup here as we move buildings at 95-7 the game. If you want to get in on the action, 415-986-4186. The Comcast Business text line, however, is still the normal 888-957-9570. And we we are keeping an eye on the Comcast Business text line as well. Right now, let's go out to the phones for the first time here on Overtime. Nick in Berkeley joins Evan and Grandy here on Overtime. Nick, Niners fall in Cleveland. What do you think of that performance by the 49ers? I think, like, it's just the same old Shanahan, man. Just, just, just mindless little runs up the middle when they're, when they're, when they're stacking the middle. I just don't get, I don't know, you don't understand what he was trying to do. I mean, you, you don't even set him up on the left hash mark to kick the field goal, first of all, because that's where you usually be kicking it from. And he just pushes it left because he sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, we should have, we never should have, we should have just paid Robbie Gold. I mean, where is gold right now? Is he even playing? I'm just like, man. And you know what, Shanahan? Every time we're losing going into the fourth quarter, that man cannot win, man. That man cannot win. We're like, what? We won a couple games last year, but before that, he was like, what, 0-32 or something like that? That's a problem, man. That is a big problem. And never mind what the penalties were. Kittles didn't even show up today. I mean, he blocked a couple times, but where was Kittles at? I mean, stop making all the commercials, Kittles. How about you catch this ball and score, man? I mean, it's like, you know, this new something, bro. Flavor is like to, just to run pert, I mean, to run McCaffrey time after time after time when you got Mason on the bench, why can't you put Mason in and spell him like, you know, every, every five downs or something like that? He doesn't rotate our backs. He just runs McCaffrey into the ground. I mean, he, was, he got beat up last week. I don't understand what Shanahan's doing, man. In, in tight games, man, he tightens up, man. It's a big problem for me, man. I'm just like, man, Ayuk is a beast, and I don't know what happened with Debo and, McC- and McCaffrey, but, you know, injuries happen, but I'm just like, man, come on, man. Shanahan, you have to do better than that, man. I expected more from the Niners, and, and just to lose that way, man, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Nick, I think a lot of fans, uh, Niner fans, are right there with you. Kittle, one catch, two targets, but the one catch went for just one yard. You mentioned he had a couple of nice blocks, Nick. He did, but not a big game at all for the 49ers in the passing game. I mean, Purdy threw for 125 yards. Ayuk had four for 76, including a big one that led to that field goal attempt, which ultimately was missed uh, by the the rookie Jake Moody. I understand the Shanahan frustrations. Uh, I think I I don't want to get too carried away myself personally reacting to just one loss. This was obviously the Niners' worst day of the season by far. I will say, though, Evan, I agree with Nick 100% when it comes to the 49ers just got to face the music about Jake Moody, and he's been fantastic this season leading up to today. Two missed field goals, one from 54, and then the game winner from 41. Fair or not, Evan, 
you draft, uh, you you trade up to draft a kicker in what the third round of the NFL draft. You refuse to sign Robbie Gold, who's been fantastic for you for years, hasn't missed really a big kick in his career with the 49ers. Again, fair or not to Jake Moody, the 49ers have to just wear the fact that he missed a couple of kicks today. And he missed the one from 41 yards out, which you should be able to make to win this ball game. You hope for Jake Moody this isn't something that kind of gets into his head as you move forward, and I don't want to look too far ahead of that. But there was the possibility from the moment the Niners drafted this guy, I know there's a lot of things to talk about besides the kicker, but I, I do agree with Nick here. From the moment the Niners decided to draft Jake Moody, if there was a hiccup, there was a missed kick that cost him a game, if there was some some things that went wrong regarding the kicking game, the Niners are going to have to deal with that frustration because this was their hand-picked plan, and there were other reasons why, but it was part of the reason why they fell short today. Well, anytime you lose a football game to a team with your backup quarterback in, there's a lot of things that probably go wrong. Jake Moody is certainly one that will catch some heat. And I'll say this about the kicking game. I think that my biggest issue is not, well, certainly you'd love a guy to be able to hit a 41-yarder with the game on the line, but earlier in the game, the reason the reason why they moved off of Robbie Gold, in addition to monetary reasons, was because he didn't have, quote-unquote, the big leg, mm-hmm. right? He was reliable inside of 50 yards. In fact, he was 100% in the postseason. He was money inside of 50. But you go out and you draft Jake Moody for the 54-yard field goal that he missed early in the game also. That's the reason why this guy's on the roster, so that he can he can extend the possibility of picking up three points on any given drive in a game where field goals are going to be prevalent because there's rain, because there's sleep, because there's injuries. These are the kind of games, and it felt very postseason-like, in which you're going to need a kicker to come through. So not only did Jake Moody miss the game-winning potential field goal, but he also missed the kick that, in my mind, Mark, was the one that the 49 traded up and drafted him for. So I think I think that's an issue they need to look at as well. And all I'll say is this. I don't know about his high school career, but I do know that in college, Jake Moody did not make a single game-winning kick. Mm. And the 49ers still went out and brought this guy onto the roster because of that big leg. So if you're not going to be someone that's clutch, I need you to clean up on every single possible point prior to so that the game does not come down to a rookie kicker. Because to be quite honest, that's a very pressure-filled situation that I don't think a lot of guys are going to succeed in. Nevertheless, one that has not been able to do it with any sort of consistency prior to him joining the NFL ranks. And to his credit, he was... Very good entering this game. Nine for nine field goals. He missed two today, the 54-yarder, and then the 41-yarder to win the game. He did make a 57-yarder earlier, but missed a couple of big ones today, and that's going to get scrutinized way more than the makes are going to get talked about, of course. It's just the way that this works. I think something that is, is certainly worth discussion is leading up to that 41-yard field goal attempt. So the 49ers had a third and two. Uh, and they converted on a pass to Juwan Jennings to get a first and 10 with about 49 seconds left. At that point, you're at the Cleveland 26-yard line. So, you, and you, again, you have 49 seconds left. You still have some time to get some more yards. The Niners at that point, they run it with J.P. Mason for three yards. And instead of going up quick and instead of calling a timeout, which you still had, the Niners waited until they were eight seconds left on the clock, and had Brock Purdy spike the ball. You had plenty of time, and you had the downs to do it to get more yards. 
And I know you're worried about a fumbled snap. It, it's it's wet out there in Cleveland. The the Cleveland defense is ferocious. Maybe your young running back Jordan Mason fumbles. I know that, but you had time and you had the downs to get more yards and make it easier on your rookie kicker. I saw the same thing happen in college football yesterday. I I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm still hurting about it. The Oregon Ducks had an opportunity to kick a game-tying field goal against the Washington Huskies. Yeah, Craig, I know what you're going to say. Let's talk about it. Yeah, get it out of the way. Uh, if you don't know, Craig a Husky, I'm a duck. It, it was it was all bad news. We're calling for the me. prod room the dog pound today. <laughs> it was all bad news for me. Oregon had an opportunity to gain more yards, and said they just threw a waste, basically a waste pitch, like in baseball, just threw it out of bounds to kill four extra seconds. You have time to get more yards, make it easier on your field goal kicker. And what happened in both instances yesterday for Oregon, today for the 49ers, they both miss huge field goals, and. You can talk about Jake Moody, whatever. 41-yard field goal, yes, he should make it. But Evan, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, knowing I have a rookie kicker out there who's already missed today on the road, as you talked about, relatively unproven game-winning track record, I need to get five more yards to feel really comfortable about this. The Niners, I think, missed a great opportunity to make it easier on their young kicker. And who knows if he would have made it from 35, 36, 37. But maybe... It's certainly easier than from forty-one yards out. I mean, perhaps I don't. I don't really have an issue with not trying to get an extra two yards. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's a huge difference in the NFL between a thirty-nine and a forty-one yard field goal, or a thirty-eight and a forty-one yard field goal. To me, if there's anything that is left unturned as far as a stone in that situation, it might be what Nick, for our previous caller, was talking about, not setting up on the left hash where Jake Moody wants it. I, I think that's probably the only thing that I could nitpick there. But to me, Mark, I would go back two drives prior, because if I'm going to look at Shanahan and a particular drive that really irked me, a situation where you are trailing at that point in the football game, and you come out and you throw it three straight times... When Brock Purdy has not been able to do anything in the second half, to me, there was no there was no semblance of consistency. And it went back to the rhythm that they could not get into, specifically passing the football. And a lot of that, I, I understand, is because the Browns did take away the run. But without Christian McCaffrey in the football game, you got Jordan Mason, a bell cow, back right back there, along with Elijah Mitchell. I'm, I'm on first down trying to put the ball in their hands at least once during those types of uh, of close possessions to take a little bit of pressure off of my first-year signal caller in a game in which he is clearly struggling. I don't think there was enough, and maybe there was too much trust from Shanahan and Brock Purdy to be able to do it with his arm in a game that he did not have it. And look, there was also some drops. Brandon Ayuk had had a drop earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. There were guys that were slipping on routes. I think there was some, you know, some, some missed calls. Like there were things that did not allow the 49ers to get into a rhythm in the passing game. But to me, I would much rather take a look at what Shanahan did not do prior to that final drive and that last kick, as opposed to honing in on him maybe helping out a guy that is paid to make a 41-yard field goal. I agree. There's certainly a ton of other areas that you can point to where the 49 let this game slip away from them. I mean, they were up 10 nothing. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, as they seemingly do every single game. Now six games for the 49ers, five touchdowns on their first drives. The other one was a field goal. So they've scored on all of their opening drives this season, and it looked like we were headed for a blowout. I mean, the 49ers got the touchdown, Christian McCaffrey, and then Fred Warner had an interception. It looked like for a moment he was he was going to return it for a touchdown. Niners riding high. They go up 10 nothing, and then they just 
just can't do anything offensively. And they ultimately fall 19-17. to 17. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here on overtime on 95-7 the game. Again, we're in the middle of a move, so a new phone to, uh, a phone number to call here for today here on overtime. 415-986-4186. Let's go to Grandpa Daddy in Hayward. Grandpa Daddy, you're on overtime with Grandy and Evan here on 95-7 the game. Uh, hey, Craig, I'm having a hard time bringing... Oh, there he is. Got Grandpa Daddy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Daddy on. Grandpa Daddy, what's up? What did you think of that Niner game today? hey Man, I was on the edge of my seat, gentlemen, you know. But, I look, the weather was a factor. And you guys are right. It was bad play calling by Shanahan. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and criticize, man, because I'm telling you, it's a hard job, bro. Try doing it. You know, how many of us can? But this is going to be a character builder for them, man. They need to go back, and they need to assess, and they need to come out strong. I mean, I'm not into criticizing, man. I'm telling you, Brock Purdy, that was a hard one for him today. And you know what? He showed that, hey, he can struggle. But that's what he needs. And that and that always builds character, man. Remember that. I'm not grandpa daddy for nothing, bro. Let me tell you. <laughs> Failure helps you. Peace out, gentlemen. All right, thanks for the call, Grandpa Daddy. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see how the 49ers and Brock Purdy specifically bounce back from this one. You mentioned it off the top, Brock Purdy's worst game as a professional, and it's not particularly close. Uh, Again, you just look at the numbers, 12 for 27, 125 yards, uh, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, and the touchdown was a shovel pass to Christian McCaffrey. Really was was more of a rushing score than anything. I I think what Grandpa Daddy is saying is right. There was also, and you mentioned this as well. Just the the offense never really flowed, and it felt like the the ways that the offenses were being designed, the plays that were being called against a ferocious defensive line for the Browns. I don't think setting Brock up for failure is right or fair to say, but it wasn't the way, in my opinion, to attack that defense. you got to be able to allow your quarterback to get the ball out quickly. It's what happened on that final drive where they finally moved the ball for the first time in the second half, and you just feel like if that was something they were able to go to a little bit earlier, Evan, one, this game probably would have been a Niners win, but two, it probably wouldn't have come down to the final plays of the game. And and that's what I, I was trying to get at. With with the last you know kind of conversation about that forty one yard field goal, to me the game was not won and lost right there. It was lost instances before mm-hmm, repetitive agree. drives that stalled out, defense doing its job, the offense not holding its end of the rope, and for the first time. This looked like a 49ers team that was not led by Brock Purdy. This looked like a 49ers team that was led by a previous quarterback. And I don't say wa- his name. You want well, there, there, I mean, to be honest, there's a few of them, so I, you don't even want to go down the list. Fair but enough. I think that there were a lot of factors that led to that. Like this is the first time we've seen Brock Purdy fail. 
So I don't want to make it about jumping on him and basically affirming whatever he pundit has been saying about him or trying to take away from him. I don't think this is that. He was due to have a bad game. And the fact that it came in the rain, the wind, on the road, 10 a.m., against the number one defense in the league where two all-pros go down in the middle of the game, one, uh, actually a third, that then return later, like... I think that is an understandable situation where someone is going to not play their best football. But what I liked about Brock Purdy today was that he set the tone early before everything started to go sideways. He got his team in a position early to help win that football game, and then he put his team in a position on that final drive to win the game. That's all you can ask for from your starting quarterback. And for Brock Purdy to, again, go 4 of 6 for 42 yards on that final drive, hitting Ayuk, hitting Jennings, hitting guys, and making sure the offense continued to roll down the field to where you have a chance to win a game you probably should have won already, but you, that doesn't matter at that point. I think that is the resiliency that we've seen again and again from Brock Purdy. We just saw it for perhaps 10% of the game instead of the full 90 or 100 that we've become accustomed to. Yeah. All right. We we got to take a break here on Overtime. We'll be back. We want to hear from you guys all day long. Again, a new number to call in here today, 415-986-4186. But you can also hit us up on the Comcast Business text line, which is still the good old-fashioned number, 888-957-9570. Time for a break. Evan and Grandy back with more Overtime right after this. here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 